Over at Indie Studio Shedworks, you can still see the roots of the bedroom coder. It's just two men, Greg Kithriotis and Dan Feinberg, working out of a shed in London. Admittedly, it's a nice shed, it's clean, it's well lit, and in this summer heat, it's mercifully air-conditioned as well. Greg and Dan are working on Sable, a combatless open-world game that's been compared to Breath of the Wild. The focus, though, is on dialogue and characters and the world, and this is all being written by McGiant, who wrote Inkle Studios' 80 Days. It was a result of this, the gifts they put on Twitter that gained lots of traction, more than they expected, and a subsequent E3 exhibition they had that's just created this huge surge of interest in the game. So now they just have the very small matter of actually sitting down and getting it finished. As I settle down with my cup of tea, uh, we begin by chatting about those comparisons that the game had with Breath of the Wild and how what initially seemed like a bit of a worry actually became an unforeseen advantage. It was it was super early and it was more like a concept when we were thinking about it. We we kind of had mocked up some stuff and we but we hadn't really tested any of the gameplay or anything or the ideas that we had and and when we first saw that <laughs> we started to realize what it was and we were like, ah fuck like ah this is uh you know Nintendo Nintendo are making the game that we we're, we're going to make but with combat and with like yeah. all these features that we could never like pull off and Better, bigger world, better graphics, but then I think then we started to realize, well, we've really had a hard time trying to talk about this game um, up to now, um, and also this we can learn a lot. And this was before there was any guarantee that Breath of the Wild would would be a successful video yeah. game. Um, and we'll, we'll see, we'll see. And it it turned out really well. It turned out to be something that um, kind of opened. I think open people up to taking having an open world game that had that amount of kind of emptiness and like that freedom mm. of exploration. Um, and there's definitely just little things that we've learned a lot about um, from that game, like uh, just the scale of things, like the kind of uh, that not having a million icons on a world map works as a kind yeah, of experience. Yeah. Um, and I think that's just been really encouraging and, and given us strength in our convictions and, and also like made decisions that we want to make a lot easier to make so stuff like not having a combat system in a way them having a combat system but being able to play that game and feel like you don't really need to engage with that like i don't know that made me feel more kind of uh less apprehensive i guess about about doing that um because it was always the combat was always something that people would ask about so so what if you did put, you know, like that sort of, mm, you know, no one yeah. was going to force us to do it, but it was yeah. always like, so what do you do in the game? And we were like, because we didn't have, we, you know, don't have a narrative. We don't have, we didn't have a demo to like, like we didn't have these things that we could point to and say, so this is what, like we had a framework and we have a rough like idea of, of the kind of um, emotions that we want people to experience playing the game and everything is geared towards like this sense of discovery and exploration but um but we didn't have like the concrete kind of uh, kind of components that we could point to and say this is what you do like you you know uh, and show someone how they do it um we can talk about it amongst each other and because we've worked together for four years now we don't need to like make the thing to understand it between ourselves yeah because we know each other really well um so yeah it just made it that much easier to to communicate the ideas that we had about the game i think I feel with Breath of the Wild, the combat just feels really sort of, it's just there. It's busy work. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, uh, it's something to do. It's something to keep, keep. It, it does work as a like system 
to let people like uh, it varies what you're doing moment mm. to moment you don't there's not actually that much combat in the game but the problem is it's yeah. quite easy and so yeah. you don't actually have to really engage with like the different systems that they have available there yeah so the master mode is like fucking hard yeah. like, I I went back to that game after like 120 hours and I went back into the master mode and the first like Bokoblin or whatever I met just killed me like one hit I'm <laughs> out and I'm like okay so I started playing it again and you start to have have to engage with like the systems that they've introduced a lot more so like yeah. uh, there was just this like group camp of Bokoblins and I was like ah oh, I had no weapons this is going to be a real pain in the ass. Mm. Um I don't know how to beat them uh and the way I beat them in the end was I got like a leaf, a giant leaf, and I just blew them off the cliff and they all died. And <laughs> yeah, like, perfect. it's the sort of thing that I just wouldn't have bothered with in the normal mode because it was so easy. But this this mode in particular made that combat much more interesting, I think. But yeah, um, but yeah, like for us, it's not really part of like what we wanted to make the experience no. of the game. Like, it's a the game is about a world that you're learning about, I guess, and part of that that world doesn't involve like goblins that you're fighting in the mountains it involves more like people that you go yeah. and meet and yeah i don't know like i've been alive for what 26 years or whatever and i don't fight people on a regular basis to be honest like it's not <laughs> something like it's something that you do a lot in video games that you don't do a lot in real life yeah uh, and yeah like <laughs> why not try making a game that we do love playing those games for both yeah. of us um but uh it's just not not we haven't made a game yet where you kill other things yeah, combat is difficult to design. Yeah. It takes a lot of animation work. It takes a lot of iteration. We could put loads of time into it and it would still not be anywhere near as good as Dark Souls. Yeah. Um, like we both <laughs> yeah. like Dark Souls too much. Like yes. it's not worth it. Yeah, and you'll think it's not you'll worth just the look time at it and take. compare it and think Ugh. Yeah. I don't have any particular ideas about some combat that I want to try yeah because it's, it's just that extra layer isn't it how is it going to fit into the world and, and for me apart from the breath of the world comparisons that, that are there you've also got ideas like something like shadow of the colossus and and obviously i know that has combat but yeah, yeah. but in between not very much not very much no yeah. and in between it was just a lot of just getting there in in a way that mm. was for the those who liked it was great and felt amazing yeah. right and had that kind of beautiful emptiness and it's helpful f for us because again it's it's one of those games that um that, that's a worry that you know we obviously have is what if there isn't enough to do or yeah what if the world feels empty um but shadow of the colossus pulls that off it doesn't matter that it's empty that's the point that's you know it just that's the feeling that you get and so kind of for us the that's a valid emotion yeah that's that's yeah. that's something that you can do on purpose and then yeah. choosing to set it in a desert is kind of the extreme of that which is that yeah the desert is really big it makes you feel small it makes you feel alone um but also there's not very much in it and that's people don't expect there to be that much in it it's not like you know we say we're building an open world game which for two people sounds kind of crazy <laughs> but it's a desert so there's just rocks there's not that much it, like obviously yeah, there yeah. are going to be you know there are towns and there are people and there are settlements mm. and there's stuff to do but in between those it can be kind of empty mm. and that's fine that's what people expect it's like um it's about communicating that effectively isn't it and and, and so people look at the game and go look it's it's meant to be like this we didn't just mm. like run out of stuff to do you know no, exactly in, yeah i think like one of the things that was really important when we first started designing this game was that we were finally playing to our strengths as like our, our previous kind of uh what we'd studied at university and like what what we were interested in like mm. this was this was a game that we designed with that stuff in mind so um like uh like we we're saying combat isn't something that we've necessarily thought a lot about or done a lot in the past whereas um i've i've studied architecture so designing buildings and spaces and stuff was something that right uh this is the first game that we've really like looked at that for example and daniel did uh literature so or studied english basically and it like we wanted to do something more narrative focused so that was part of that as well was just being able to know what is kind of good and what is not and, and also hmm. the thing that i think you mentioned earlier about 
the combat fit how does it fit into the world like we mm. really are trying to design every element of the game in a way that it ties in with the world building in a really concrete fashion so mm. like for example the hover bike um it's it's like a tool it, it's something that everyone in the world has it's not just like this convenient means of uh, navigation it's it's nece- necessary to exist in this like yeah. open yeah you know desolate kind of empty desert um and that's something that's really important to us is, is build the world building being like coherent with the mechanical side and just making sure that it's all um it all it's all intertwined and works well and that's part of like why they don't fight each other as well is that you know there's not very many people in this desert yeah and they all know each other or they all know of each other yeah um they have similar languages and similar like shared history and stuff um it would be a really bad idea yeah exactly (laughs) yeah and and it's a harsh enough environment as it is and they need to sort of help each other to survive they need to share knowledge and resources and Mm. yeah so then then it becomes a game about a society as well as just a a environment it's not just look at these sort of look at this horizon and look at these like mountains and these dunes and, and everything it's also there are people that live here um yeah it's a real place yeah i think that's really important i think as well like the combat side might tie more into like saving the world or some sort of narrative about like a more grand narrative like mm. okay link is getting good at combat so he can fight the big boss at the end and save yeah. the world like our game isn't about saving the world it's just about someone on a pilgrimage and she's, you know, learning about herself and learning about the world and the culture and, yeah, exploring it, basically. Yeah, I think that works really well. And you're saying about Dark Souls being an influence or, or being something you both really love and, and, and making, you know, a, a big plus point of that game is the way they have these links between the themes and the, and the systems that are just so intertwined yeah. that it makes the story that much more or the, the lore that you find and, and, and the characters that much more kind of impactful because it's connected to what you're doing it's not yeah cutscene no it's like fight, it's like scene. you get the dlc and then it's not just bolted onto the world you have to go and speak yeah. to this guy and yeah i don't even I, I don't even done it i don't know what you oh, do. yeah. but i know it's quite complicated it's and cool. you've got to do it <laughs> <laughs> i should i should I'll, I'll do it in the switch version yeah fair fair it, yeah. there's a there's a whole oh it has yeah. the best boss in the game in the yeah. DLC. okay, okay. It, yeah. and and it and no, it also, i never actually finished it it also reveals far. a huge thing about the the main story and stuff and it's right. and you're like oh, oh, oh cool yeah don't yeah. even anyway bloodborne's more my uh oh well yeah bloodborne yeah, as well yeah. like the dlc for that i think you have to like get taken away by like uh is it amygdala like there's like a invisible thing yeah. that you have to then you have to be like a certain level of like insanity or whatever it's called i don't remember but yeah the insight yeah. i did beat it, the like dlc boss in that like absolute nightmare the orphan of cos or whatever but, yeah uh, yeah like we do love those games it's just uh not it's, what we're making no and the strength again is in the design and, and the art style and the characters and the, the what was amazing about bloodborne art wise is like i felt like you could stick the camera anywhere yeah and composition wise it worked yeah look, and yeah, that's the aesthetic of Bloodborne that's insane yeah yeah it's, even in um, there's the woods uh, the, the woods where witch. the witches are right yeah the first before the snake woods there's a bit where you meet the witches oh right yeah yeah I remember that and just that area as well it's got mm. this weird painterly like yeah that's even harder because it's foliage so yeah, like yeah. you don't have these nice clean hard lines to work with right and it's still yeah, I mean, I'm like you know, it's one of those things where I'm already in love with the game, so maybe it's just like huge bias, but it still seemed like you could stick that camera anywhere and it worked. Yeah, I mean, that's something that we we <laughs> want to try try to achieve with like like it's something that from the beginning has been like you could com- compose like something that looks like a a frame from a, a graphic novel or like mm. a, or looks like something from like an anime uh, when it's in motion or whatever. Like that's been yeah. part of like what we're trying to do we're trying to do with the game as well like the aesthetic of the game is really important to the experience yeah. that players have and it was it was the first big question mark we had to solve about the project like before we went anywhere else we started with the rendering style and the 
made sure that the visuals were doing what we needed them to do. But And so that was like the literal first thing that we did. Right. Probably like the first two weeks of development. After the concept, but like, yeah. Like I've, I've seen it report, like I've said this to press and uh, I've seen people be like, oh, aesthetic comes first, but that's not, it's more, it function always comes before form, but the form in this case served our function, which, and the function being the, experience that we wanted to create yeah so like yeah. that's where that priority comes from it's not that like i'm always uh we're saying like oh visuals should always come before whatever in games i don't think that's true but it just has so well i mean what i was going to say is that yeah. yeah we had that idea for the experience and we knew that if we could achieve this style it would be a perfect match yeah but actually achieving you know just saying oh wouldn't it be cool if it looked like a graphic novel like yeah of course it would um, <laughs> but how do you actually do that so that was the kind of like yeah if we couldn't get it to look right then i guess we'd have to co go and think of something else so yeah that was why we did it first and then it meant that we had this the kind of rendering system sorted after mm. like two weeks or whatever well not yeah. totally sorted but more or less figured out and then we could start pumping out gifts even though there was like no, <laughs> no video game. Yeah. So like, but the gifts did, the gifts did well on Twitter. But we weren't expecting that. We thought this was just like a niche game that we were like huh. gonna be into, and like maybe a couple thousand people would be up for. But like once we got it kind of done, but we started to get attention that we didn't really expect in any way. Mm. Um, we went, yeah. but but really really early. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very yeah, it's just it, and you think, well, this is kind of good, but also, mm. yeah, we, we, there's there's a lot to do. That's I've seen. This is something I've noticed is um, um, more indie studios are getting quite a bit of success with like if you're using gifs on Twitter. So you know, the other one, uh, there's loads, but the only one I can think of off the top of my head is um, that my friend Pedro. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. It's the um the Which weird oh, the, skateboarding, skateboarding slow mo yeah, yeah, yeah. One. and obviously that's yeah. the most skiffable thing right yeah. but it has it, it it seems to work really well and it gives that kind of um it's a bit like um having early access but without giving the yeah. people access like it has a similar effect in terms of, like garnering interest and and support right and, yeah. I think I think in a way you're right like we we wouldn't do early access for this game because yeah. the whole point in this game is that it's a bit of a mystery like there's yeah there's secrets to discover there's things to learn like it's a game about yeah like I said, discovery and exploration and as soon as you open that to early access you kind of uh, uh like I don't know you're uncovering something that maybe you don't want to do yeah that too yet and yeah. we want to make sure as much of the you know that stuff is a kind of surprise to people and and it's mm. part of why like yeah we share gifts of the game but we don't actually share that much mm. uh we share like very controlled kind of snippets of it but mm. because because of the game we're making if we're making a different type of game then then maybe we'd have a different strategy but this happens to work for what we're we're doing you make it sound like we have a strategy. <laughs> we definitely, well, I do. I don't know about you, but we definitely did from the beginning. Like, we could have shared a lot more. We kept, for example, like what the game was a secret for a very long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. That that, you know, we knew what that the game was for two years or whatever, and then people were mm -hmm. asking us for months and months, and we didn't tell anyone until E three. Um, yeah. Yeah. And we, you know, we kept basic like mechanical things that we just weren't showing like the climbing uh for example we mm. kept that like uh, mm. completely you know we we just wanted we want people learning about the game to have fun learning about like we want there to be a bit of mystery about it as yeah. well like yeah. there's an element of that definitely and yeah. yeah so in that sense maybe not for you but i think a lot about that strategically and that's like no i know <laughs> I definitely have put a lot of thought into that. I think there is a proliferation of just games coming out, right? Especially in the indie scene, a lot, a lot of stuff. And I think it does help if you've got this sort of very striking art style, just so that people don't skim over it. If they're the sort of person who's looking at a lot of stuff, it just it just gives them that initial kind of cause to stop and go, "Oh, what's this?" and then 
you've got enough time you've got their attention to say right now it's going to be like this i mean especially when you're trying to get your game seen on like twitter where you have people's eyeballs for maybe like three quarters of a second while Mm. they're scrolling past yeah maybe one and a half seconds yeah if they lift their thumb up while they're yeah. keep scrolling or whatever so yeah <laughs> yeah you need to be able to catch someone's attention in one and a half seconds um, <laughs> which is which is difficult yeah and that was the part that we didn't really do on purpose that mm. was kind of just the thing that happened yeah we didn't set out to make something that you know would work on twitter in like bite-sized chunks mm. but we kind of quickly realized that that was what we had done and that we should like kind of lean into that. Yeah. So then, yeah, yeah. then you sort of build the strategy around that. Like. I think that's a shit strategy if you're thinking like, oh, we're going to make a game that gifts well on Twitter. Like, don't yeah. do that. Like, that's yeah. a fucking shit idea. <laughs> um, like, yeah. You're, it's funny because like if you do it that way around, the game is going to be... Yeah, it's going to be wank. It's yeah. like, yeah, 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 don't do that. Like, <laughs> don't fucking do that. I will tell you a million times, do not fucking do that. And, and not, not only that, then you'll get the most eyes on you when you're doing something shit. And, that's, and then yeah. the next time you bring something out, they'll be like, oh, it's those guys who made this. I think you see it and I, I'm not going to try and call anyone out, but like there are people who, yeah, they, they make games that gif really well. Yeah. But then you see them step away from them when they realize like this game isn't going to be that good and then they start doing another game yeah. that gifts really well but again it's just maybe people just have a knack for that as well um, mm. but, but I do think there's a degree of like people you, you you can capture someone's imagination with a gif and you can treat it like a concept like that's kind of what we yeah. did in a way Yeah. but for us our game is very like um is very much about the experience of just like the aesthetic and mm. the sound and uh, you know all of that and so for us that works really well and if our game like it's really important to us how that our game feels good but it's not actually the core of the exp- like it's like we say it's not a game about combat it's not a game about like these really heavy mechanical systems and so if it did feel bad but still had like a good aesthetic we still will achieve like uh, the majority of our goals um, whereas I think if you've got a game which is relying on like heavy mechanical things mm. it can look kind of like for three seconds that that's like a really cool idea or good video game yeah. but then as soon as you get a controller in your hand it might feel like shit and yeah. then and then you're in trouble and I think yeah. you know there are, there are things that look cool so I know for example just because No Man's Sky Next has just come out and they, I've seen some interviews and stuff but they had the like big uh, snake uh, sand like June worm or whatever in the tra- in the first trailer yeah, or something. Yeah. And they nixed it because it didn't play very well. It, it wasn't a good gameplay thing. Mm. So they just made them flying snakes or whatever, mm. which they thought, you know, fine, cool. Flying snakes are cool. But because they got rid of that, obviously people were up in arms. But if the, if it just didn't play that well, yeah. then don't include it. And, and that's, that's, yeah that's what i mean by like something can look cool in a concept and you mm. like i said you can treat them like concept gifts in a way um but if it's a mechanical thing it still has to feel really good and like yeah. play really well whereas if it's just like an aesthetic thing you ta- like you've achieved your goal like that like yeah. yeah if people are into it so in that sense it's much less playing with fire but you've achieved your goal without actually really well, making any yeah, decisions like you can you can get super famous and get the 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 like validating feedback of people being like wow your game is amazing even though your game doesn't actually exist (laughs) like yeah i definitely we got a powerful sense of that from the trailer it's like we put a lot of work into the trailer and the trailer is really good i'm really proud of it Mm. um but like we haven't actually made it yet (laughs) the game there's so much more to do yeah uh and again i think that's another part of the like trying to make something that you can get recognized with or that people will notice and remember um Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's like a test in the water isn't it and then if that's if people have reacted well to that you know that that's then it's worth doing yeah yeah. what you're gonna do yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. and that's what we've ended up doing it's really important if you're looking for funding as well like Mm -hmm. if you it's it's how we got funding more or less like it's how you do now as a indie developer if you can point to uh like people um responding well to something that you're putting out there then that just makes your argument about a game that you want to make so much more compelling to someone who might give you money or want to partner up with you yeah whereas 
you can still have that conversation still get funding without doing any of that but it just strengthens your argument and if you're if you're like us and you didn't have like a particularly strong gameplay demo um at the time we got signed uh but we could point to like look, people are interested in the game we know you're interested that that's how you found out about it yeah um yeah then then it just makes having that discussion earlier on in our case a lot easier is shedworks your first venture you two both of you like yeah in terms of working again before is this like your first thing you come straight from yeah we we graduated and uh started shedworks and that's straight in is yeah. it your first job as well for both of you or? like yeah. career job not you know obviously worked bits involved yeah, yeah. like yeah like weird re- like retail and yeah yeah warehouses and stuff like that but yeah this was the first like job could that would lead anywhere that i wanted it to lead for me at least but i think like we started we agreed to start shedworks like half a year before we graduated we kind of went to the pub <laughs> and uh we sat down and we both knew we wanted to work in games um but we both knew that our degrees wouldn't be giving us the like necessary experience to get a, like even work experience straight out of uni um mm. so we kind of said why don't we try and like make our own work experience and we had this shed which meant that we had very little overheads to be able to work together like we could have been working out of bedroom just fine but that's so much more intense and it's so much you know somebody has to make their bedroom an office you know like that's a lot to ask yeah whereas when you have a space like this it just makes that stuff so much more viable and it's meant that like as we've become more successful we can uh we can just stay here we don't have to like then okay now we have to add this cost of like hiring an office space in london for like yeah yeah it costs a lot of money and uh Mm. yeah it means that we can stay stay where we are and like you know uh sustain ourselves Um, and it it meant that like we could plan ahead as well so even when money wasn't consistently coming in not having like an overhead on like uh rent on a space meant that we could uh we could take a hit here or there financially and not make bad decisions because we desperately needed to like have money in so we're incredibly lucky to have a space like this i think in terms of playing games have you always been into games like from a very early age or did you discover them later or i think we always played games as kids played quite a lot of games together as kids have you known each other since kids? yeah so our, our dads studied together okay so this links to the yeah so, yeah so we've known each other for a while um yeah. so yeah we did know each other as kids um we didn't know we didn't like hang out for like 10 years uh from the age of like 12 to 22 um oh, right. so that was like yeah but our dads we, we've always been like family friends and we like would see each other fairly regularly when we were okay. younger but then when we got secondary school it just kind of stopped mm. um no particular reason just secondary school but uh <laughs> but i think um yeah, so that's how we got... So, so I was studying architecture at the time and Daniel's dad and my dad are architects. Right. So Daniel's dad came and had a look at like what I was doing and he said to me, like, what do you want to do um, when you finish your degree? I said, I want to make video games. And he said, oh, Daniel's actually kind of teaching himself how to program and, and kind of interested in doing that too. Why don't you guys go have a drink? And that's when we then went to go have a drink and yeah right, okay but before that we yeah we played a lot of games and played games together when we were younger like i remember playing burnout 2 at your house was it burnout 2 i don't know maybe one one maybe yeah, but i had three i was playing three at the time so that was like yeah how do you Freeze play burnout 2 man you're making it sound extremely young it's going to be like what's your what's your earliest gaming memories and you're like burnout 2 and i'm over here like <laughs> I had burnout on the Xbox, but it, by then it was like, yeah, it's it gone back to burnout one. Oh, that's yeah, no, no, it's got you. No, no, yeah, what, but like uh, earlier, my first, well, I can't remember what the first game I played. The first game I ever owned was Pokemon Yellow on the Game Boy Color. All right, okay, I could, like we both. So that's a funny one because that's connected. Like we both got copies of Pokemon Yellow because your aunt went to America. 
and got <laughs> us po- copies of Pokemon Yellow. <laughs> so like that was actually connected, I guess. But my first game was Link's Awakening on the Game Boy Color. Okay. And that was like yeah. Yeah, Zelda stayed with me ever since. I yeah, think. yeah, definitely. Clearly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so, so you are like you, you are a big Zelda. Yeah, fan, yeah, yeah, massive. Yeah, I've played. Okay. I've played. I think most like. I can't think of many that I haven't played. Hmm. I played like Zelda two and shit, but like it wasn't like <laughs> I don't. I'm not going to complete that game. Sorry, <laughs> like yeah, yeah, like <laughs> like yeah. I think I've. Let's be reasonable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna, but uh, I think I've completed most of them and like. I got like the fierce deity mask in like Majora's Mask and like, yeah, Majora's Mask my probably my favorite tonally at least. Like, yeah, see, I haven't. I know I know a lot about it, but I haven't actually played it. But some people really don't like it. Yeah. I really love it. Like it scared the shit out of me as like I don't know how old I was. Like that giant moon. Yeah, and it was just like it. There's a really creepy vibe to it. Yeah, like, there's a there's this really creepy mask sales he's he's in ocarina so all the assets are like reused from ocarina and they, uh. they spent a year developing it and then they released it like reusing all the assets but huh. yeah so it's like it has this three day cycle yeah and um every three days the world ends but you can reverse time to yeah, yeah. and uh and it's also like not clear if like link is alive or if he's dead and this is like limbo hmm. um and like it's really weird like because yeah. at the beginning you like it's very plausible that link has just died or something and yeah um and you end up in this this world called termina so yeah again there's like hints at like and the mm. world's ending and like there's these giants that mm. like uh yeah it's really creepy and like there are problems with it but it's it's tonally i think i'd love to see them do like Majora's Mask but with Breath of the Wild like assets and just go again but like yeah. build like an incredibly strange world out of that but that would be very cool yeah, yeah I don't think it's I don't know if they they would could do that now at this this point but I think Breath of the Wild is already such a departure like maybe they're they yeah. did another but Ocarina, Ocarina was to be fair too in yeah, yeah you know it's the first yeah. 3D Zelda but um, yeah Majora's Mask will always have a special place for me I think I think that was just like financial pressure kind of thing like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah there's an element of that 100%. yeah but that's interesting because you know quite often interesting things come out of financial pressure or, or restraints right? yeah definitely yeah definitely like uh that's you know that's how we have to work when we're such a small team is that yeah making smart decisions they made smart decisions with that game i mean it's incredible that it came out in a, in a year like yeah, yeah especially at that time as well mm. yeah yeah i think the thing about majora's mask is maybe they had a bit more fun with like the create like breaking the game yeah like it was like a remix of ocarina whereas mm. you feel like something like like you said a ubisoft game like it's not a remix of no. uh of uh, origins it's like no new new place new time new story yeah. but it's not like they're breaking the like structure of the game and like yeah mm. in that sense but it's it is like origin is really cool like i love the we we've been playing a lot of the history mode recently right, uh, yeah. yeah and just like it's really useful for researching how to make a desert uh <laughs> yeah like when you can just like look at uh like this uh, e- exquisitely yeah. modeled 3d open world <laughs> desert yeah um mad max is pretty good for that yeah we, there's a few open world deserts worth looking at but um but yeah, origins. Yeah, but but the history mode is just incredible. Like I love just sitting there and listening and yeah. learning about like the culture and the you know rituals of the time and and the architecture and how the cities were built and like you know the yeah just the way people lived is and again that ties into what we want to do with the game in that like we do want to make a world where people have lived in and continue to live in and will yeah. continue to live in. Yeah, like. Um, and so this is like a really compelling, obviously very rigorously researched mm. version of that. Um, and so looking at how the level of detail, you know, it's not something we can do, but it's it's still really fascinating and yeah, yeah interesting to look at. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know, stuff like, I'd love to see more like modes like that in video games. Yeah. Um, but it's like an incredible mouth work to do something like strip yeah. out all the game part of your games <laughs> yeah, and put in like is. a director's commentary or whatever. But um, yeah, so like, 
yeah massive kudos to that team for doing something that it's kind of risky like they don't really get any financial benefit out of that but no um but yeah i think it's really very good decision to do it and i've recommended it to people off the basis of that mode Mm. um yeah like i think and i think it's yeah it's like it's like a british museum except more ethical and like uh, (laughs) (laughs) and better uh, like more fun Uh, exactly yeah. yeah It's, uh, it's it's always I always have trouble with like photo modes in games because I want to use them because that's what I do. But at the yeah, same yeah. time, I have to try and force myself to not use them in, unless I'm going to do a second run. Because if the game's got a certain pacing, if, if I'm just yeah. stopping it every eight seconds to like find a good shot, it's it totally totally ruins any I, sort of. I kind of did that a lot in Uncharted 4. Like, yeah. Uncharted is a very tightly paced video game, but yeah. it looks amazing. Yeah. And, and, like, I want to know how they made that video game. I did the same. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> you're right. It does It does kind of... But but Uncharted, fortunately, does have... I don't. I never did it during, like, an action sequence. I'd only ever do it during, like, the downtime sequences. And they've started mm. to introduce a lot more of those, which yeah. does make like, that mode more viable. It's True. like... It's almost a game design decision when you're talking about it like that, in a sense, like yeah. to put that in and make it accessible at all times. You can really imp- like impact the like, yeah, like you say, the pacing or like mm. the enjoyment of a game. But then at the same time, like it's up to people how they want to experience the game, and you have to find that yeah. balance of like yeah. design versus uh, freedom. I think um, in the in the really in the AAA ones, a lot of the time, photo mode is. Just kind of a, just a way of showing off a little bit as well they should though there's a lot of fucking work that goes <laughs> yeah, into yeah, yeah yeah like but it's kind of like you know not like let's let's make these beautiful shots and it's yeah. more like well, look at the tech look at but that the, but the best photo mode is uh final fantasy 15 because you don't actually have to take the photos <laughs> yes yeah. that is true that just is got the best photo a mode. guy running around behind you taking like quite cool photos of you yeah and the fact he gets better is brilliant yeah, yeah. that's actual because that's proper game design that's like yeah. Photo modes are cool, but yeah, yeah, they slightly break the flow. And this is, you know, he he actually takes the photos in a kind of alternate timeline where they all like stop and pose for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they just don't render that. And, yeah, and yeah, but that's really cool. That's really smart. It yeah, means that it you is get smart. you get the cool like oh look at all this cool stuff that I saw and did. Hmm. Um, but everybody gets it even if you don't have the time or the patience or the skill to you know take nice photos or whatever yeah it's pretty cool yeah i'm really really impressed by that system another game that is like that but like i think yeah it it just has that same like ordinariness is like persona the persona games and they're just like yeah yeah definitely like something we both love like you can see we've got these persona art books and stuff Mm. on the desk but like that's like definitely just design like they're my favorite games i think at the moment because there aren't many of them those kind of like there's like night in the woods is another example of like Mm. they have like a like they revel in the mundane and that's really like something that i actually really enjoy like persona has these like you're saving the world sections and they're again the least they're the homework that you have to do before you like hang out with your friends yeah go to school yeah yeah. like yeah that stuff is the actual stuff that you want to do in the game um and yeah that's cool tangentially i think it makes you think of um rapture as well everybody's gone to the rapture Mm, which is very much a kind of yeah uh just a nice way of reframing an apocalypse. Yeah, yeah. It's you know the archers meets the apocalypse, right? It's this mun- this mundane sort of village life, but actually the detail the detail in the interactions between the characters is the thing that's just really yeah brilliant, like fascinating, like to go around and find out like the attitudes and everyone's attitudes to what's happening in this sort of what creates a sense of place and mm. like a real feeling of like this being a real place that existed yeah. or exists without um, ever seeing anyone at the yeah. same time which is pretty I think special you were saying the other day like about Persona 4 specific Daniel was saying specifically about like how that game makes you feel like there are other characters who like go on and live their lives when you when you're not there mm. and like that's, that's really big, yeah. compelling that's yeah like they they do stuff without you yeah. And you can, sometimes it's like you could join the same club as them and then you'd get like a bit more story about that person. Yeah. But they would go anyway and 
Yeah. They kind of have their own lives and they also do their homework and stuff. And yeah, it just makes it feel like you are not the reason that this is happening. Mm. You're just here. Mm. Yeah. And that's really nice. And that's like, I think that's a really, really important feeling for our game. It's just that like... Yeah, I was going to say, I know it's too You're just here. This is just where she was born. This is just where you live. Like, yeah, that's... It definitely informs what we're doing with Sable, 100%. Like it's yeah. So you don't want her to feel necessarily central to everything that's happening. No, 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 no. No, like an important part of it is that she's doing this sort of pilgrimage thing. This she's kind of going on this journey, um, but everybody does that. It's like when you reach a certain age, everybody goes on that trip. You okay. Kind of go out and and yeah. So it's like your first trip, leaving home on your own for the first time, kind of thing. And yes. everybody does it. And so like yeah. all the grown-ups you meet remember when they did it, and they know what you're doing. They know, like, it It means that, like, everybody is familiar with this thing. It gives you a kind of, like, a set of rules that they all have about, like, how you should behave, how you talk to people. Um, like, yeah, it makes it feel, like, it's, it's important that you do it. Everyone thinks that it's important that this is happening to you. And that yeah. it, it is, it's an important moment in her life, but it's an important moment that everybody gets. Yeah, yeah. It's a rite of passage. Basically. yeah yeah for sure yeah and that's that's the framework that the game kind of takes place in and then where where you then what you then see and what you who you then talk to and do is kind of driven by the player like we don't want to uh pull pull people along with a narrative that we're telling we want players mm. to like this make those decisions about where they're going to go next and who okay. they're going to talk to next and what they're going to explore next and so that's that's where the a uh, uh, big part of like the, the overlap with breath of the wild is that we wanted to have that big open like framework basically yeah. and that's very basically once you get off the plateau in breath of the wild that's what happens they just say yeah okay, go kill ganon go. and everything else is optional <clears throat> and you can go straight away and fight ganon or you can uh go and do 100 hours of exploring and then yeah. fight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and like that's that's a big thing that yeah, that was a big part of the like, ah, shit, like when that first got announced. <laughs> but then it was also a big part of like, okay, no, this actually works as a structure. And yeah, like 80 Days is another game that we really look to. Mm-hmm. And we're lucky enough to have Meg, who wrote that, yeah. writing yeah. Uh, Sable. So that's that's like, that's well, gonna yeah, be she knows how to write a video <laughs> game like this. So uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, even if we fuck up our side of things like she her size can be brilliant so yeah, uh, yeah that was, that's just really exciting she's got yeah she's got good previous to that because she worked with sunless uh, on sunless as yeah, well yeah. which is a, again quite a good quite similar themes or, or at least very close to that kind definitely of definitely ex- another exploration. inspiration yeah yeah open exploration with story in it so yeah she's she's the person for it isn't she yeah yeah, yeah definitely for um, sure so that is that must be exciting like how did you so how did you get meg on board uh, I think we sent her an email <laughs> and then yeah and then we met up and uh, told her what we had in mind and uh, she was interested so I think yeah cool. she that was we talked about having we were like oh imagine if you could get we could get Meg Jayanth on board like that would be like dream come true sort of thing yeah but we never thought like that's a real kind of yeah. uh, viable thing to have and then and then we're like oh we're having like people were interested in the game like there was clearly like a bit of buzz about it the gifts the very few gifts we had at the time mm. like uh one of the best things for us was like uh we had a boing boing article written about the game and so whenever we were trying had to explain what the game was we just send that, that article that, right yeah and when someone else writes about your video <laughs> game it's amazing so like yeah. having something like that yeah to just be like i can explain the game to you but here's a writer who has written an article about it like yeah so sent that to her and then we had a we went and had a coffee and uh, chat and uh, she agreed to work on the game so that's yeah i think a really exciting thing for her and it's something that she's really good at was the kind of research that we were going to have to do like we're building this world we're building this society and you know they've got like customs they might have i mean they they speak english obviously in the game you have to be able to read it but like you know they have kind of shared beliefs and history and Mm. like all sorts of things that yeah like she can just do basically infinite research it's incredible Um, (laughs) yeah 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 that's so good and a great great combination yeah i think her like having a non like 
being able to take an approach that is non-Western as well to like the story building and stuff is mm. something that we're really interested in doing. Um, like, and we're yeah, we hopefully we can like really explore that in a way that's interesting. I think she went to school in Saudi Arabia briefly. Yeah, right. as a kid. Yeah. So like, I think she's actually lived in a desert. Yeah. We didn't know this <laughs> when, we, when we approached her, but but that was just like a helpful bit of experience. Amazing. Yeah. You're yeah. like ah. Even better. Yeah, God, that's great. That's really great. And then half the other people working on the project are like actual nomads, basically. So that's like fun. Like <laughs> Martin, the sound designer, he's traveling everywhere. And uh, Michelle, the uh, musician, Japanese Breakfast, she's always on tour. So it's mm. like she's writing the game soundtrack in, in the back of the tour van. Well, still on the move. Yeah, so yeah. she's in the exact right frame of mind to yeah. be writing that. Yeah, like it's a game about nomad existence and uh, we're quite we're not very nomadic in that we're always in this shed uh, <laughs> yeah so uh, it's good to have a couple of nomads on the team as well and then you uh went to e3 with it us two and uh the animator on the project actually met us there um but not in any like professional capacity he just came because it was E3 and he was super excited to have a game at E3. <laughs> he was like, can I come? And we were like, oh, he, didn't, right. he didn't need much of an excuse. No, yeah, yeah. no he flew, he, he's based in America, but on the East Coast. So he flew out. Um, yeah, it was really good to meet him actually, because uh, we hadn't, we had never met him. He's never worked in games before. This was, wow, his, okay. this was his first game. We kind of, uh, what had he done previously? Uh, he was, cleaning boats for his dad uh yeah so it was like yeah it is it's cool like our team is a mix of people from the industry and not like we're not like we haven't worked much in games like Mm. our background daniel's worked in games more than i have like daniel worked on snipper clips and stuff and i've i've been working in the shed a lot more (laughs) Uh, so like as much (laughs) as in games as that is uh you know we've been trying to go to events but then like so our backgrounds aren't traditionally in games but also people on our team so martin and meg are probably the most experienced in games on our team um they've worked on uh, a lot of games but then michelle's never done a game our musician mm. so pairing her up with martin on the sound side is really cool because mm. then we have someone who's really experienced in games and can help on some of the technical stuff as well yeah um but someone who is t- taking a totally fresh approach to video game music um that mm. that's really exciting and mm. interesting and then uh on the animation side Mark, uh micah just loves he, he's our animator he he just loves video games but he's again never worked in games so uh it comes with its like caveats which is like the technical side can be um fiddly um but that yeah. applies to all of us so uh that's okay but like as in as in like he's working in different 3d modeling software to me for example and uh we 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 said like oh you know well we can take care of the cost to get you onto uh the 3d modeling software that we're using but as soon as you use it you're like, i hate this can i just work on what i was doing <laughs> yeah. so okay we'll work it out like yeah fine yeah. do what you need to do mm-hmm. um but it also means that i don't know he's he's played with stuff that is less conventional before and he's making his own game and yeah it's just cool to have people from like not just different backgrounds like culturally or uh in terms of like where they're based but also like where they've come from work wise like that's quite an exciting thing and where you know what they're interested in as Mm. well and uh i think you know it's a you have to be careful that you don't end up like with too many disparate kind of things and and suddenly you don't know how to pull it all together but yeah um yeah it is really exciting to to bring the like people with different interests and backgrounds into a project like this, I think. It's, it's one of most things I'm most excited about. And yeah. I hope that answers your E3 question. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, yeah, sorry. I started talking about our team. It's good, it's good though. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I do that a bit. Uh, but yeah, I was, E3. I was happy so Micah, the animator, he yeah. came to E3 with us and it was just us two, but from the development side of the team. But then um, Raw Fury had a bunch of people out there so yeah a couple of them are based in california so okay well so on the, actually just on the west coast generally but so yeah so kind of meeting some people for the first time and 
we'd never yeah people came from stockholm what was it just what was it like just being there and like showing off the good bits of the game and just like how did that feel um we were quite jet lagged <laughs> so it felt well yeah it was kind of hazy and yeah. unreal and the the sort of big reveal was on the monday so mm. it was quite early in the week um and so obviously before that we were super nervous that was terrifying i was like never done anything like that before um (laughs) then after that you kind of got that sort of release of like okay we've done that we like we don't we've done what we came here to do yeah and now we're kind of just floating in like a i don't know a sea of like notifications like (laughs) about about the trailer which was super nice but again like super tired like with yeah like the day of that immediately after we went for like korean food and that was like it was just like this endorphin rush adrenaline rush like mm. every chemical that your body can release was basically <laughs> being released like yeah. at the same time and then by by honestly by the end of the day i felt like so a bit jet lagged and a bit tight and just like actually quite depressed mm. um, like i got into bed and i just went i was just like i need i know what's kind of happening to me right now like i'm aware that like i'm depressed because like I, my body has just like i'm crashing like yeah I, like you've used up all this yeah yeah right. and i felt just really sad and like <laughs> yeah. lonely um and so i was like i have to just go to bed because mm. uh like i need to just recover but i think that's something that like kind of experience in in a different way when you release a video game uh where like uh, but for us it's always not been very successful when we've released a video game so you get this adrenaline of like releasing a game and then like it not doing well and then you feel like bummed out because it's not yeah. but then this was like we did like it did well but still feeling that well I, I felt like that sense of just like yeah I just need to take a break and like not think about video games for a bit mm-hmm. and try and get away from it even though we were at E3 and had to spend the next three days like God. in a hotel lobby talking to journalists and stuff yeah um, but yeah, mm. that ex- that experience for the first time as well. Just having all the interviews and like having all the kind of, you know, the the big the big names coming in and being. Yeah, like, that was incredible. That's yeah, you know, websites that you've read as a, yeah at, at school as a teenager or yeah. the like magazines that you used to get or yeah, yeah like that's amazing, and yeah. yeah, that's 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 something that we had never really i don't know it hadn't even really occurred to me that like that that'd be part of the process yeah that'd be part of the process i think we were so focused on just doing the you know finishing the trailer and getting it done and it being ready and we were so so nervous about like the actual like the you know the the, like live show and Mm. like going on the stage and like not fucking up our lines and like that sort of thing that like i think after we had done that the kind of the interview process the like meeting all the people and talking about it was actually quite nice it was quite it was it was a lot easier it it, it is a big deal like meeting these yeah. sort of you know like super cool websites and stuff but like yeah it felt like a lot less pressure a lot more just like we can just chat and about it. get out yeah, we're yeah. quite good at talking about the game we've like had quite a lot of practice yeah. so yeah. like yeah that was it was nice but but also you are in just a hotel lobby for a week in the like baking heat mm, yeah. and it's it's a it's a gauntlet it's a yeah. yeah yeah like by the end of the second day you've answered every question like four or five times as well yeah so, yeah it gets like <laughs> yeah like okay it was exciting to talk to journalists but like now it's like i know exactly what you're gonna say or what you're gonna ask or whatever um it's rare that you you in that period because it was all about like a very similar set of questions because mm. of the particular thing that we had like revealed um and so they tended to be like around a similar set and, and also we were showing people the game so they were asking us specific questions about like the thing we were demoing and so by the end of that you're kind of like you're a bit <laughs> your voice is hoarse and you're a bit like tired of uh of speaking about yeah. the game as well you want to just kind of Let's just talk about anything else. Like the World Cup's about to start. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's like it's almost like you feel like you're doing a routine at some point, right? Because you 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 can only say these things in so yeah. many different ways, and you have to be like, yeah, there were there were yeah, 
exactly it it does become a bit more rote and and less exciting once you've done it like should have made a worse game yeah yeah well yeah that le- yeah exactly it's an incredible thing to complain about <laughs> no uh, i'm not i don't mean to like uh <laughs> i don't mean to sound like i'm uh ungrateful for like getting to talk to people about it but it's just um, a straight it's a strange experience yeah especially when it's that intense like mm. i think when you break that up over a couple of weeks then you even get to think about your answers that you've given and you get to like so like talking now is very different to talking like a month and a half ago uh, even decisions we've made about the game and, that. and actually is is an interesting design process thing where you, you when you talk about the game you start to like figure out things in a way that yes. you're like maybe that doesn't sound like yeah yeah i you don't can, know you can sit because because you're not doing it between yourselves that i guess that's yeah. the the uh the drawback of the shed is well, that you, i think sometimes the, yeah, yeah. yeah the thing that we were doing or that we found ourselves doing is that you're talking about things that are in the game things like talking about like people and like cultures and like mechanics and things that like you haven't made yet (laughs) but like you shouldn't really say it like that or you you don't say it like that and so you you talk about the game like it exists and that helps you to kind of yeah solidify it in your mind because you know the sort of thing you want to make and the sort of things that that might get in there yeah and obviously that's a it (laughs) It yeah. can be dangerous. The, the, mol- the Molyneux effect. Yeah, yes. yeah you yeah. definitely. Yeah. No, we haven't. We haven't talked about anything that is like. You both look terrified when I said that. No, no, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, no, we haven't talked about anything that like isn't basically a must-have um, in terms of the experience. Like there are things that we want to put in the game that we just probably won't talk about until they're in. Um, yeah, because they might because, not work. Yeah, they exactly. Might come out and... But the things that we do talk about are kind of like no these are central to the experience that we want to make and so they are going to be in the values yes exactly yeah. and if they're not in the game doesn't shit basically yeah so yeah like it's important to acknowledge that i think <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're not promising things that aren't going to be in yeah. so i mean what are your to make it make it even more fun question yeah. for you what are your do you think will be your main worries about it when you're sort of getting close to release what do you think you're gonna what's gonna be keeping you up at night well for me it's got to run <laughs> um yep like technically it is quite ambitious it is an open world game and so kind of the nature of that is that like there's always going to be quite a lot on the screen and you're always going to be trying to push the console as much as possible like you could make it run at whatever fps but then you could also like double the draw distance and you could see further into the horizon and then like like there's the it's 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 like a constant optimization process yeah obviously optimize everything at the end and so like there is an extremely long list of things that i do plan on eventually optimizing yeah but at the moment it runs like shit and like (laughs) Uh, is it you know it's i know what i have to do but yeah i am always like a bit worried yeah like well, you have enough, enough time to get properly. it to that yeah, or, point. Or, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Guess you're not going to be comfortable until you see it running like that, right? Mm, yeah. I think, yeah. And then on on my end, it's more like uh, I hope that we've. It's like something that people, when they start playing it, will continue to want to play, and like that the experience of playing it is like uh, compelling enough to drive people to like experience the story and the music and all the bits that other people have done like and that they can they get a sense that the world that they're exploring is a real place and has a sense of place and uh feels interesting <laughs> like and that, like it has its own personality as well like it's not something necessarily that they've experienced before as well but yeah that's that's what i'm hopeful of uh but again all unanswered questions that and i think that's kind of the nature of designing video games is like you try and you're making a lot of educated guesses quite early on and then you have to like execute them over a long period of time mm-hmm. and you like the quicker that games become to make the more the more quickly you can like discover whether or not something is like uh geared towards an experience that you want to make but um yeah so like that that means that like you end up with a lot of video games that are based around like similar kind of paradigms i guess um yeah, yeah and and that's why you, when you talk about video games you're often comparing them to other video games uh like i don't know i feel like 
and and I feel like that's true for what we're doing, and that's that's why playing a game like Breath of the Wild is really helpful, for example, because or like Final Fantasy Fifteen or Persona or Eighty Days is just like you learn as well from those things. But um, yeah, I'm not as worried that like. It's, Greg is worried that the game will be shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, you know, everyone yeah. worries about anything. I'm not worried that it'll be shit because we've got these like really cool people working on it. Yeah. So like it might, the the like frame rate might be terrible and that would be my fault. But like, <laughs> I don't know, the music is, will be lovely and the writing will be really cool. I'm worried like, that like, the world will be like unnavigable and like not enjoyable to explore that's what i'm worried about they're questions we think we have answers to but um but it's all speculation and hopeful at the moment and uh yeah it's, until they get answered i always have like an anxiety in the back of my head time will tell yes